8.47. We can now get up close on the minimum wage hike this year with Zhang Huang, Independent Legal Research with LawQuant LLC. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And the new minimum wage for South Korea this year, it's set at 7,531 for an hour. That's a 16% increase over the last year. Business groups are warning firms will have to cut back on hiring. They'll have to fire employees. They're going to find other ways around having to uh, increase their costs. Are we then going to see a backlash here? Perhaps. I mean, I've seen at least a a bunch of uh, kind of conservative dailies opinions saying that, you know, this is going to be a big drag on the economy. So we'll have to see. Of course, a 16% rise is, is a big jump, but it had been long overdue, hadn't it? Perhaps. I mean, of course, the un- labor unions have been asking for immediate jump to 10,001. And actually, President Wan sat down with s- several of those leaders, uh, you know, a few months ago and I said, you know, give us a few months to sort out with the uh, economic policies. So I think that this uh, minimum wage is going to be an ongoing struggle, pull and push between the industry groups as well as labor unions in Korea. If we look at uh, economics textbooks, many will say that a minimum wage decreases employment um, and, and there's concern that uh, you know, left-leaning governments ignore what markets are telling them when they impose these policies, that income-led growth doesn't necessarily work that way. Right. Just as a background, if you learn economics for the first time and you first learn about demand and supply, one of the very popular examples that you know, textbooks give is that, hey, let's look at minimum wage. It works as what is known as price floor. And basically what it does is that it actually, while it might provide higher wages for some people, it actually increases unemployment. Unfortunately, what the textbooks often fail to mention is that, and in fact, if you look at the last you know, research that has accumulated for the last 20, 25 years, the results are not really that clear cut about uh, supply, the supply and demand curves will show. And, you know, if you actually ask, about, uh, ask you know, professional economists about what they think about minimum wage, they'll basically say, shrug and say, well, we don't know too much. I mean, we have some nice theory that, does, that, that do not really fulfill with the facts. And the empirical evidence is, out, uh, is still out, of, out, for, out on the jury. So it's basically the inexact nature of the economics that shows us this f- fairly messy picture of what uh, minimum wage really does in real life. Okay. Um, What does it mean about textbooks and and how far we should take them, how much of a pinch of salt we should apply? Well, it actually represents a change in economics. If if you actually go back to 25 years ago, people thought that, hey, this basic analysis using supply and demand is so self-evident, of course minimum wage is going to hurt uh, the the low-paid job workers. But what... A lot of empirical evidence has shown, and this is in the United States, but also in Korea too. And one thing you have to remember is that in Korea, we actually see gradual shift in minimum wage every year. So basically what we have is experiment that is performed every year where you know, minimum wage sometimes goes up quite a lot, you know, 7 8% or 16% in this year, or sometimes very slowly, like 2-3% in a couple of times in the past. What, we, what we've seen is that you know, imp- unemployment doesn't explode as the theory actually uh, 
implies. So, you know, economists have kind of stepped back and say, well, there might be something a little more complicated thing we don't know yet is going on. And I think, you know, the textbook writers in the future will kind of take, take this in mind when actually educating people to economics for the first time and take this empirical evidence into effect. Well, you've got to go back to 2001 for the last jump of, of this kind of size. And so it's not like we're seeing 16% rises every year. Right. Uh, and, and, and on top of that, you know, when the minimum wage was first introduced in South Korea, it was around half a dollar an hour. That's so right. we've been playing catch up and we're still below the OECD standards for developed countries. So I, I, I don't understand. I mean, what, surely you don't have to be an economist to work out that employees need to feel some basic value. Yeah, I mean, and that, of course, a lot of, you know, the, uh, arguments for so-called living wage uh, movement actually point to them, saying that, you know, the minimum wage should reflect kind of the what minimum living standards that we expect, you know, the employees to actually enjoy. And that should be uh, put into effect uh, when you're thinking about and, you know, coming up with a minimum wage number. But one thing you have to remember is that you can't just create laws and say, hey, let's make a law where it says people will be happy, people will be prosperous. You know, there are limits that markets and economies kind of impose on it. And I do hope that this administration realize that you can't, you can't just make laws towards prosperity, you do have to make the environment, economic environment, to, uh, that is, you know, sustainable prosperity. And, you know, I, I've no, I personally no idea whether 16% increase this year will actually hurt the low-wage workers or not. But if you actually continue 16% increase every year, which would far outstrip the economic growth rate for Korea, at some point that textbook story about, you know, large unemployment effect will catch up with Korea at some point. Probably not this year, probably, but, you know, if if you actually keep up with this accelerating rate of you know on minimum wage increase, there is the danger of you know out in the horizon, maybe a few years down the road. Most of us here earn more than a minimum wage anyway. It's only just over ten percent of workers who are, are at the minimum wage. That's there right. are mm-hmm. sad, sad stories of young people being kind of abused and uh, perhaps migrant workers as well actually earning less than the minimum wage. But those stories aside, um, do we have to be cautious in in assessing which businesses are actually the ones paying out the minimum wage and who are affected by this that they're not necessarily valuing their employees anyway they're 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 often doing jobs that well frankly the businesses would probably rather have robots in place to do them if they had the option Right, and, and you do actually see that if you look at a lot of retail businesses around you, you know, a lot of tasks are being automated. And for some, you know, you could argue, some people argue that, you know, that is actually adverse effect of the minimum wage increases. But on the other hand, as those rob- robots and more machinery that help humans, you know, perform better, and, you know, if the productivity of the, those employees are actually increasing, then you, you actually would expect that without the minimum wage, the wages should increase. Increase along with productivity of the workers. Now the Korean economy is actually dominated by many, many by monopolies and oligopolies, and that might actually be also putting some downward pressure on the wage increases. That's something that the administration should look at and is looking into. What other policies could the government pursue to to boost overall growth that would make this a minimum wage issue? 
less of a hot topic. I think what you pointed out is correct in the sense that you really shouldn't look at minimum wage in isolation. If the economy is stagnant, I think just you know ever increasing minimum wage will eventually be counterproductive. So basically, you know, we we need a better growth strategy for the economy, not just saying that hey, we should have a structural reform. That often is a red herring. But actual, you know, concrete policies that will actually get people to work, increase jobs, increase spending. You know, infrastructure spending would be a good idea. You know, cutting down on monopolies and oligopolies would be a good idea. So you know, rather than thinking about some vague ideas about structural reform, some concrete government spending on infrastructure or even you know renewable energy projects would be a good idea on a massive scale. But we're not seeing that right now. Well, that's one of the political constraints in Korea. One thing that you know, both opposition party and the uh, the, the ruling party, you know, b- b- politicians on both sides are kind of loath to do in Korea is deficit spending. I, I think you know the, the, the Korean government should be able to find you know places where you know private businesses are not really going in, but there is a really high social rate of return, such as infrastructure spending and renewable energy spending and so forth, where you know it makes sense to do the deficit spending. But any time that you know government deficit appears to appear in Korea, the political climate kind of shuts it down, and I think that's something that the Korean politics does need to get over. The government is, though, spending money to uh, to help support smaller companies that are going to be hurt by this minimum wage hike. We should, you know, it's not like they're just leaving them out in the cold and saying, "Deal with it." Uh, well, there are some funds, but it's fairly limited. And you know, Korean government doesn't usually actually engage in in the deficit spending a lot. If you compare to other OECD countries, the, the government deficit is really low in Korea. So that's probably something we can change. Well, thank you for drawing it to our attention.